been needing that. We've been needing to feel his presence and, and to feel that comfort once again and just to be able to worship him. Been, as we've said before, been, been some sadness over the last week or so. And uh, it seemed like, you know, just one after the other. And, but, you know, God's faithful. It's, uh, we can't, we don't determine the time of our stay on this planet. That's up to the Lord, and, and God is faithful and uh, breaks our hearts, makes us sad. We grieve, sure, but we have hope in Him. The Scripture says we don't have to sorrow as those who have no hope. And so tonight we're just going to remember, before I get into my lesson, I want us to pray for those families, pray for uh, the Vaughn family and for the Martin family and then for uh, Sister Abigail Graham's family tonight. We want to remember them uh, and as they're mourning the loss of their loved ones. Also remember London Streetman. She's not well tonight. And then Sister Jenny asked us to remember Brother Josh tonight. So let's lift our hands and pray for these needs tonight. Ask God to bless. Just do what only he can do. Precious Lord, we love you tonight. Honor you in this house. We cast our care upon you because we know that you care for us. We ask you to bless these families that are grieving the loss of their loved ones now, God. Encourage them and strengthen them. Give them that comfort, that peace of God that passes understanding. Help them tonight, Lord. Bless them. Jesus, give them joy. Hallelujah tonight. Bless them, Lord. God, heal the sick tonight, God. Touch those. Hallelujah. These children that are sick tonight, bring healing and strength to their bodies, God. We believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for Sister Bibi. She's got to have a surgery on her foot. Friday morning, I believe it's going to be fine, it's going to be all right, it's going to be the best surgery that doctor has ever done, in Jesus' name. Precious Lord, right now, I ask you to touch her and bless her. Lord, let this foot be healed. Lord, when they begin this surgery, let them realize it's not near what they thought it would be. Guide the hands of these surgeons, Lord. Be with them, God, and help them. Everything that's done, Lord, we're going to give you the glory for it, God. Lord, we just pronounce a quick healing over her tonight in Jesus' name. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He's a healer in God's a healer. God's a healer. Hallelujah. Mm. My goodness. Thankful for what I feel in the house of the Lord tonight. How about you? Come on, let's give him one more hand clap of praise in this house tonight. God's good. God's good. God's good. Yeah, he's good. Hallelujah. Mm. Thankful for him. Thankful for him tonight. Thankful for the Lord tonight. Praise God. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And know that uh, regeneration is in with us tonight because 
little flooding activity in the youth sanctuary. We're going to have that fixed, though. That's going to be all right. Pray we can get that rectified so that we can get them back up and going. I know they missed their class. They just get stuck with old pastor again tonight, so <laughs> that's all right. Need, y'all, y'all need to hear from me every once in a while. Amen. God's good, isn't he? God's good. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 3. Now, I will just go ahead and tell you I have a lot of Scripture tonight. A lot of Scripture. Uh, I'm not just going to be reading and blowing through it. I may not get to all of it. I will be mindful of the the clock. But if I feel like the Holy Ghost is teaching, I'm going to let him teach. I'm not going to just slow down, you know. I'm going to let him do what he, he needs to do. And uh, I, uh, I just feel like I'm on the right path tonight. I've been thinking about this all week. And then a couple of other people tonight, uh, this evening, afternoon, mentioned some things that um, just kind of let me know maybe I'm on the right path here. And this will help somebody. And if you feel like, well, I already know all this, man, that's awesome. You ever watched a, you ever watched a show or listened to a song more than once? You, you do it because you like it, don't you? Well, there ain't no scripture I don't like, so I read them over and over again. There ain't no messages I don't like, so I preach them over and over again. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. John chapter 3, first seven verses of John chapter 3. Most of the time, people think we're going straight to verse 16, but uh, man, 16... Uh, really loses its emphasis if you don't read the 15 verses in front of it. I'm not reading all 15 verses. I'm reading these first seven. John chapter 3 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered, I love this because Jesus just almost like he ignores the flattery that is laid upon him. Miracles, 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 signs, things you're doing, you know. That's not the most important thing. So Jesus goes to the important thing and says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, I just imagine the look on his face, confused. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered to explain what he meant. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he ended it with, we're going to end it right here. He didn't end it here. We are. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. And that is simply what we will talk about tonight, being born again. Let's pray for the lesson tonight and for our understanding. Lord, we love you so much. Thankful for your presence thankful for your people in this house tonight and Lord we're thankful for the word of God that changes us forever 
Help us to hear what the Spirit would say. Let us learn, grow, know more about you. Most of all, let us be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give him a hand clap and a shout of praise before you're seated? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Thank you. Thank you, honey, for the singing tonight and the music. Fantastic as always. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord. You must be born again. That should not surprise us, Jesus said. To know the things of God, to see the kingdom of God, to enter into the kingdom of God, we should not be surprised that he would require of us that we must be born again because that which is born of flesh is flesh. One place the scriptures tells us that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You will not go to heaven in this body. We will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We must be born again. We're born in the flesh. The flesh is corruptible. It's corruptible flesh. That means that it's always aging. That sometimes it's always aching. <laughs> sometimes it's, it's, it's uh, getting thinner. Sometimes it's getting thicker. Help us, Lord. But it's corruptible. That means that it can be easily influenced by outside sources. That means that something can hit you and it can hurt you. It can, uh, something sharp can cut you and wound you. Uh, it can be affected and infected by external forces. That's why we have so much trouble in our flesh. Even when we are born again, when we have uh, come to the Lord, that's why we as Paul said, there is a war in my members, in my flesh, because this flesh is corruptible, always uh, trying to be accessed by the world and by the lust of the flesh, the pride of life and things of that nature. So Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus did not understand what he meant. So Jesus explained and was not telling him anything that was fixing to happen at that moment. He was telling him what would come when the new covenant went into effect after his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And he said, you must be born of water and of the Spirit. If you don't do that, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We can't get in. We, we, we will be denied access. We must be born of water and the Spirit. Being born of the Spirit is the thing that Jesus came to do. We know he came to seek and save the lost. We know he told Pilate, under this end was I born, to, to die and be crucified. We know there's many things that he came, but John the Baptist proclaiming him said, I baptize you with water, but there is one coming after me, and he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire or with the Spirit. That is what Jesus wanted to do for us because the Scripture says without his Spirit we are none of his. He wants us to be his. That's his desire. So he said, I would put my spirit in them. So, uh, but today there is the, uh, the doctrine, the theology, the, the belief that to be born again, you must simply believe. You just have to say, I believe in the Lord. Let me tell you, belief is tied directly to being born again. But it is more than belief. It is obey. 
What good is a message that is believed but not obeyed? If someone is standing in the road and a car is coming and you say, Hey, move. There's a car coming. They can hear you and see the car and believe you, but if they don't move, I just thought if I heard you and believed you, I'd be okay. That's why you're 50 feet down the road. No, sir. Believe and obey. Now, I know that uh, Romans, Paul wrote this in Romans, and this is where a lot of people, this, a lot of this comes in. Let me tell, say this also. I'm not against anybody that believes. I want people to move farther. Hey, we all started somewhere believing and we needed somebody to teach us, explain to us, help us, lead us, guide us, get us farther down the path. And so I'm not somebody that says, whoo, I believe in the Lord. I'm like, thank you. I am so glad that people believe in Jesus. But I want people to have everything that Jesus has for them. Praise God. The saddest person I can ever think of will be the person who said, I believe in him, but I can't get in the gate because it'll happen. We want to be in the gate. But Paul wrote this, Romans 1 and 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is, listen what he said about the gospel now. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believeth the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so here's the danger of living by one scripture. You don't know the fullness of what Paul is saying. If you take that and say, see, Paul just said, everybody that believes uh, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But there's got to be more. If you believe something, you must obey this. You must obey the gospel. Here's some examples, Romans 10 and 16. Here's what Paul said in Romans 10 and 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. He didn't say they have not all believed the gospel because he says, Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? So believing and obeying goes hand in hand. He's saying, I don't see anybody obeying, so then who believed? When I see people obeying, I know they believe. That's what he was saying. So it's not just believing. Believing is important. But obedience is important. Is important. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 8, uh, again, uh, in flaming fire. This is talking about the serious stuff. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who know not God and who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter 4 and 17, that judgment would first begin at the house of God, and if it first begin with us, what shall the end be of those who obey not the gospel of God? So we see here that, yes, we must believe. Sure, we must believe. When you're reading in John chapter 3, you will find your way straight to verse 16 that says, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But what does it mean to believe in him? Because a lot of people believe in him. Even the devils believe in one God and tremble. The scripture says that. So what does it mean to believe in him? Uh, and can belief only save us? 
I, I don't think the scripture teaches us that it can. But here's what believing goes with. Believing goes with the water. Mark 16 and 16 says this. He that believeth and is baptized. That's a, something somebody has done. They have believed and they have been baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Because he that believeth not is not going to waste his time being baptized. It's not there. It's not what he wants to do. Believing goes with the water. And so the word there, now this is what's neat. The word there, baptized, is the word, comes from the word that means to be covered wholly with a fluid. So if we read it like that, it would say, He that believeth and is covered completely or wholly with a fluid shall be saved. That's what the word means in the Greek. So to say that Jesus said this, now these are the words written in red in the end of the book of Mark. Jesus said that of anyone after the preaching, before that he said preach the gospel, go and preach the gospel to all the creatures because the gospel is the power of God. Can you back that up to Mark 16 and 15? Will it do that? I don't know if that does that or not. But if it will back up a, a verse, we'll read what he said because he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel, there you go, to every creature. So after the preaching of the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation, there will be some action taken. Then he said, he that believeth, believes what? Believes the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Baptism, the water, belief goes with the water. We could turn and find an example of this in Scripture. And I can, I can turn to this, Acts chapter 8 and verse number 35. Acts 35, Philip has come across this eunuch riding the chariot across the desert. He is reading the scripture role of Isaiah, does not understand what he is reading. Ask Philip, can you help me? And Philip says this. Then Philip opened his mouth, began at the same scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. He preached the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they went on their way and came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, well, see, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? He knew already that from the preaching of the gospel, there would have to be an obedience. He couldn't just say, I believed you. But he said, now, here's water. He initiated. The preacher's not even initiating it. So many times it's like the preacher's going like, you need to get in the water. But when they heard the preaching of the gospel, if the gospel is preached right, the person hearing it, faith comes by hearing or belief comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And how can they hear without a preacher? So, so the preacher's preaching. When the person hears that, it should be inside them. Say, you know what? I don't want to just believe and be lost in my belief. I want to obey the scripture. If you're preaching the gospel without preaching baptism, you're not preaching the whole gospel. So he said, so here is water. What's hindering me? What's stopping me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart. You see, nobody here, Pentecostals are not against. Apostolics are not against belief. 
but we like belief and obedience. We like to see people obey the gospel. I sure, I, if you don't believe, I'm not, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to ask you like Peter or like Philip said, because Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, then you can. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He believed in Christ, and he commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down in the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. He did not only believe the gospel, he obeyed the gospel, and he went on his way rejoicing in the Spirit, of course, catches Philip away and takes him back to the next revival, and he's on his way. But you see here that belief is directly tied to the water. So when people say, all you got to do to believe is be born again, that's not true. That's part of that. Yes, you must believe to be born again, but you must obey to be born again. You must be born of water. That's what we do. We must be born of water. Now, believing also goes with the Spirit. In John chapter 7, Jesus said this in verse 37. He said, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So he was speaking of something they could not have yet. They couldn't have it yet. It wasn't there yet because Jesus wasn't glorified. But he was already telling them, uh, for future reference, those that believe on me, this is what they should receive. That's why uh, Mark 16 uh, goes on to say, after he that believeth is baptized shall be saved, and these signs shall follow them that believe, that they would speak with new tongues, which is the evidence of the Holy Ghost being filled with the Spirit that Jesus would be given on that day of Pentecost when uh, it was poured out on all flesh. So believing goes with the Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, we'll go there and see another uh, action of belief. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. Peter is preaching in the house of Cornelius. He is now preaching to Gentiles. Remember Paul said that the gospel of Jesus Christ was a power of God and the salvation to the Jew first, to the Greek, to the Jew and the Gentile. So it didn't matter. As long as they believed, it did. Well, they, it started out being preached to the Jew. Now it's being preached to the Gentile. And here's what happens. While Peter yet spake these words, he's preaching about Jesus. He's, he's talking about uh, Jesus Christ, preaching Christ unto them. It says, when he spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Everybody that could hear the preaching. And they of the circumcision, or the Jews, which believed, they were astonished as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they, how did they know they had the Holy Ghost? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered and said, can any man forbid water? See, there's a lot of people who believe, well, if I've got the Holy Ghost, why do I need to be baptized? Because the Holy Ghost doesn't wash your sins away. The Holy Ghost is not for remission of sin. It's not. You can have already asked for forgiveness. You can already be repented. But a lot of people receive the Holy Ghost before they are ever baptized. But baptism is for the remission of sins past. Yeah, it is. That's Scripture. And so that's why Peter said, I can't, 
I know you're full of the Holy Ghost, and man, you're super excited right now, but guess what? We've got to deal with your past. So your past don't sneak up and bite you. We've got to get rid of the sins that are past. So he said, who can forbid water that these would not be baptized, uh, which have received the Holy Ghost just as us? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they prayed for him to stay certain days. He said, it's not an option. This is not. Yes, you have received because believing, they heard the word, they believed the word. And guess what happened when they believed? The Holy Ghost came, they spake with other tongues. He said, well, if you're believing this far, then you must be baptized in the name of the Lord. I can't let you uh, be full of the Holy Ghost and still be dragging those old sins around because remission of sins comes through baptism in Jesus' name. It does. That's where it comes from, and that's what it is. So that's why uh, people that have received the Holy Ghost were like, hey, you need to make an appointment for the water. Why? I've got the Holy Ghost. Yes, you do, but you need to be washed. You don't, you don't need to just be able to talk in tongues. You need to be washed. You need to be cleansed. You need to, you need to be buried. He that believeth and is fully covered with a fluid, covered with water. That's what the Scripture said, shall be saved. We must be born again, born of water, which is baptism, born of the Spirit, which is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And so now we see where am I at. Uh, we see... We can, well, let's back up one more place, Acts chapter 8. Let's just go on back because here's all your examples in the Scripture. Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, we find uh, that Philip is preaching. This Philip guy again, man. Hey, Philip. This Philip guy is preaching. Acts 8 and chapter 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He preached Christ unto them. And then in verse 12, uh, and well, let's just and let me before I read twelve. Let me tell you what was going on. It says that they were casting out spirits. There were people being healed. There was great joy. Uh, there was even a sorcerer named Simon that was like, "Man, I'm going to get get in this, get in on this. This is great." So there was belief in that revival. There were there was belief because a lot of people think, "Well, once I believe, I've already I just automatically received the spirit." Now we're fixing to get somewhere. In verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, Jesus said, If we're not born again, we can't enter into the kingdom of God. So Peter was preaching being born again. Jesus said you had to be born of water and spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Marvel not that, said you must be born again. So when Philip preached that, uh, these things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ and the name, they were baptized when they heard the preaching of the gospel, well, let's go find the water. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Peter drag or uh, Philip dragging them. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Not just men, but women. Men, women, everybody. Let's go to the water. Let's be baptized. Then Simon, the sorcerer, himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, wondered, beholding the miracle signs that were done. Now, when the other apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, that's very important because the scripture says you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the word of God. So they knew that new birth was happening in Samaria because they had received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to go down there and see what was happening. So when when Peter and John get there, it says, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Well, so so you don't just 
receive it when you believe. Not according to this story. You don't. You can see signs, wonders, and miracles, even be baptized and still not have his spirit. It's a process, born of water and the spirit. And so he says, uh, they prayed for them, they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet, he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. How did they know they received the Holy Ghost? Because uh, it says in the next verse that Simon saw. So he was able to witness with his eyes and see that there was something happening. They were speaking the only sign given through the scriptures that they would speak with other tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. So he saw uh, something happening in their life, knew that now they had been born of water and born of the Spirit. All this happens when people believe, when they believe what the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we must be, uh, uh, we must be born again. We want to be new creatures, right? Anybody want to be a new creature? Well, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So how do I get in Christ? You have to be baptized into Christ. Galatians 3 and 27 says, For as many of you that have been baptized, I didn't give you this, sis, so don't worry about it. Uh, as many of you have, were baptized into Christ, into him, have put on Christ. Now, if I put on a coat, I'm in a coat. If I put on Christ, I'm in him. How do I get in him? As many of you were baptized into Christ. Not just baptized with water, but also of the Spirit, because without the Spirit, we're none of his. We must be baptized in water and baptized in the Spirit. Uh, we have to be. Acts chapter 19. We're going to just uh, spend some time on this. I'm trying to not rush, but I'm trying to be mindful. I know this is a lot of Scripture. I know it is, but it's the example of Scripture. And, hey, if I'm going to be saved, I'm going to be saved by this book. Now, if I have received the Holy Ghost like they did in this book, shouldn't I be baptized like they were in this book? And you know that in this book, you'll never find anybody baptized any other way than in the name of Jesus Christ. At I mean, after the Gospels. In the Gospels, they were baptized, as we're fixing to find out, unto John's baptism, which was unto repentance. But after Jesus died, was buried, rose from the dead, ascended, nobody else was baptized any other way except in the name of Jesus Christ until men got involved with it and decided we're going to change some things and we're going to start baptizing people under the titles of our Lord. Now, Acts chapter 19, the first six verses, here's the Apostle Paul. And he uh, is, uh, he's at Apollos, uh, that while at Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and he found certain disciples. But they're not disciples of Christ, they're John's disciples. And he says unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because if you've believed, as Jesus said, you should receive it. So that's not... That's not being hard or invasive or, hey, that's none of your business. You know, the Holy Ghost is not a, a personal thing where you go, like, hey, you shouldn't be asking people if they have the Holy Ghost. Why? I want to know if you got it. Because if you got it, then you, 
me and you got something in common. We can pray together. We can do it together. So, so he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. So now he's got, he's thinking, he said, uh-oh, then I need to find out what they have obeyed. He says unto them, unto what then were you baptized? I didn't think you had, baptism didn't matter. He said, because baptism and being filled with the Holy Ghost are both tied to believing. So that's why he asked them, he said, well, then how were you baptized? What have you obeyed? Because if you haven't received the Holy Ghost yet, I need to know what you've believed and what you have obeyed. Well, we were baptized under John's baptism. Now, listen, he doesn't fuss, fight, kick, scream, make them feel bad, try to shame them, act like they don't have faith or anything. They have obeyed what they have been preached. You hear that? And they were baptized under John's baptism. Now, catch this. I've said this before, but just in case you forgot it. You know who baptized Jesus? John. These men were baptized the exact same way that Jesus was baptized. Well, if I was baptized like Jesus... I'd be good. We're going to see what these men that were baptized like Jesus did. Okay, so Paul says, Well, John baptized unto repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Now he's preaching the gospel. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had been baptized like Jesus. Now they're baptized into Jesus. When they heard this, they believed. They believed what he said. John said that you should believe on him, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they believed on him. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So uh, Paul, when he's there, he's, he is checking what have they believed, but what have you obeyed? because I need to know where you are. And so he just, he doesn't get ugly with them. He doesn't try to make them feel bad, like, oh, well, you just ain't got nothing. No, he says, hey, that's awesome. John, we got common ground right here. When you run up on somebody that says, hey, I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, hey, if that's what somebody, some preacher told them, if that's what they were taught, hey, they, they did that because that's what they heard. But just... Tell them the name because the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say in the names. He said in the name. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. That's titles. That's I, I'm a father. I'm a son. I've got a spirit, but i got one name. Hello. I'm created in his image. Our favorite, our, our favorite little Christmas scripture says this. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. What's that son's name? All right. It goes on to say, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. So that means Jesus would be called the Everlasting Father because he was the Father, because Jesus told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. He, He said in John 14 and 26, the Holy Ghost will come in my name. It's his name. So that's what Paul was, Paul not trying to cause trouble. I'm just trying to move you along. I want people to have what God wants for them.
So if the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, it has to contain the elements of salvation. The gospel is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Acts 4 and 12 says for us that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What name? Okay, so that means that the power of God is going to be founded on that because there's no other foundation laid that can be laid than Jesus Christ. We are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. This is what they preached, uh, that we should be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. We should believe on him. Once we're baptized, the Holy Ghost is not something you just go get. The Holy Ghost is something you receive. I can go across the room and I can get me a tissue or I can stand right here and somebody can bring me one and I can accept it. That's receiving it. I can't go to God and, and take the Holy Ghost from him and say, I'll get me some of that. Come here. No. Oh, I, I just got to be ready to receive it. But what I can do is repent and be baptized. I'll do my part. I repent. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. He'll do his part. He'll fill me with the Holy Ghost. He'll do what he's going to do. And sometimes he may fill people before they get a chance to get to the water. But don't not go to the water. You're only half there. Thank God for where you are, but you're only half there. Now, so the gospel must contain the name. And then, like I said, in the scripture, through the book of Acts, you'll find they're only baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you And I'm not going to read all of history, but I've got pages and pages of notes of history that where you will see that uh, that's the only way the first church baptized was in the name of the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ until the the Nicene Council where they uh, instituted the the Trinity doctrine and began to teach Father, Son, Holy Ghost and it's not Bible, it's man that was man's teaching and they changed it and 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 you read it it'll say in in the Catholic Bible it says in this time, in this date, is when the Catholic Church changed the baptismal formula. They don't even make no bones about it. They changed it so it would fit their doctrine. So uh, we want to be, if I'm going to be baptized, I'm going to be baptized the way they were in the Bible. If I believe I'm going to be healed like they were in the Bible, hello? If I believe this heaven that's wrote about in the Bible, if I believe all these miracles that's wrote about in the Bible, I'm going to believe the baptism that's in the Bible. Paul said there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You know, who, you know which letter, which church that letter was to? The church of Ephesus. What he told them then, he said, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Mm, I love it. It's good. And so now, uh, here we go. The gospel must contain the name, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, if we look back at Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth, believeth what? The gospel and is baptized is where he obeys the gospel. He shall be saved. Any questions? I think I'm making it pretty clear. I, I, I think I'm making it pretty clear. Uh, let me look. Let's look. There's a, there's a couple of scriptures that are very much the same. Uh, we love the Great Commission, Luke 24. Verses 47 through 49, Uh, right before this verse, uh, Jesus says, "Thus Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. In other words, death, burial, resurrection. Now, he says, and that repentance 
and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. So right there we have repentance. Remission of sins comes from baptism. We're going to show you in just a second that that comes from baptism. And it should be preached in his name. Remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. I don't know why people are not preaching what Jesus said to preach. Why are people not preaching what Jesus said to preach? It's not outdated. It's, it still works. This world needs people to preach repentance. See, we can believe the gospel. We can believe the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but to obey it is to repent. repent. Repentance is death. Baptism is burial. I'm going to show you that in a minute. And then being filled with the Holy Ghost is resurrection. That's new life. Just like Jesus, that same spirit that raised Jesus up dwell inside of you, uh, then we're going to also be raised up at that last day, of course. But he's got repentance, baptism, and then in verse 49, the promise of the Holy Ghost, which he'll give. That's what he does. That's his part. But my part is to preach repentance and remission of sins in his name. Not anybody else's name. Now, let's look at uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Uh, if you'll put that up. Then Peter said unto them, repent. See, Peter's listening real good to what Jesus said. Because a lot of people say when they're baptized, they say, well, I would rather be baptized by what Jesus said. And Jesus said to go and, and baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Absolutely, but what's the name? He said a lot of things that weren't come to pass yet and that were still a mystery and that were still waiting to be revealed. And what he spoke in a mystery, Peter preached in a revelation on the day of Pentecost. So, so Peter says unto them, repent. And, you know, all these people, I, you know, and Peter denied him. And Peter was, you know, Peter messed up a lot. So I don't know if I really trust what Peter said. Of course, Peter, the scripture already says, that the Holy Ghost was on him and he stood up under the Holy Ghost saying these things and the Holy Ghost guides us into all truth and so he's not lying, he's not mistaken he was there, he heard what Jesus said and he's doing what Jesus said Peter says unto them repent and be baptized baptized, he said remission of sins every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins when Jesus said preach repentance and remission of sins in my name he was saying preach Repentance and baptism in my name because that's where remission of sins comes from. It comes from baptism in my name. The word remission uh, there means freedom, forgiveness, or pardon. You're not going to get out from under your sins until you are baptized in his name. You will not be pardoned. You will not be free. Come on. That's what the, that's what the word means. Uh, you're, you're not, there's no forgiveness there yet until you are baptized in his name for the remission of sins. Okay? That's what he said. That's what Jesus said. That's what he's doing. And then he says, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of times we think, well, it's got to go in that order. But it doesn't always go in that order. Because Jesus said, when someone believes on him, they should receive the Spirit. So many times people have come to the altar weeping and crying, and boom, God fills them with the Holy Ghost. 
And then that's when we start talking to them, have you been baptized before? And then how have you been baptized? Because it's wonderful that now you have been filled with this spirit, but you need to deal with the sins of the past. You need to go ahead and be baptized in Jesus' name. Stop putting that off. It's hard sometimes. Start getting like Peter and start commanding people. Hey, you talking in tongues? Get baptized in Jesus' name. You know, I mean, uh, because I don't want to get baptized. And you just want to be half born? I want to be born again. I don't want to be slightly born. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. So I, that's what we preach. We must preach death, burial, uh, uh, that's us. We preach death and burial. That's repentance and baptism. The Holy Ghost comes from God. And again, why preach a message that is not expected to be obeyed? If, if, why couldn't Peter just said, Whoo, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter could have stood up and said, Men, brethren, Israel, just believe. And you'll be fine. Because that's not what Jesus said to preach. He said, Preach repentance and remission of sins in his name. Oh, boy. Where am I at? 755. I'm sorry, gang. I'm sorry. But but I hope you understand what I'm saying here. It's so important because, yes, we've got so many messages to preach uh, to the church to keep us saved, and we've got so many messages to preach to help people understand that Jesus can fix things that are broken and do all these kind of things. But, listen, all that don't mean nothing if we lost And so we must preach repentance and remission of sins in his name. People need to start at the beginning. They need to, that's new birth. That's born again. That's new life. That's where things begin to change. That's where things begin to happen. And so when we believe, absolutely, when we believe, but then we must obey the gospel. What shall be the end? Remember that scripture. And what shall be the end of them who obey not the gospel? Man, I want to obey the gospel. So Paul says this. Now, here, here's, well, you know, preacher, you'd be all right, but I know there's a scripture in that it tells me, and they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there is a scripture in that it says that. That's the danger, again, of believing in one scripture. Taking one scripture for your, for your, man, this is eternity. You do not want to gamble eternity. You do not want to, to do that. So let's look, uh, Paul The Apostle Paul, this is what he wrote in Romans 10 and 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, there you go, preacher. But what does that that mean? Because Paul was not the originator of that line. Paul wrote what he had already obeyed. Hang on. This verse will first be found in Joel chapter 2, verse 32. I think I I may give you that. This is Old Testament prophet. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Or Mount Zion shall, and in Jerusalem, which is where the day of Pentecost started, shall be delivered as the Lord has said. That's why Peter is preaching in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21. See, this is the first time you'll read this, but then you'll read in Acts 2, 21, Peter's preaching, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's why the Lord said, preach repentance and remission of sins in my name, beginning at Jerusalem. It's got to start in Jerusalem, which is what Joel wrote. 
which is what Joel wrote. So now, much later uh, in Paul's letter to the Romans, he is simply writing about what he has already obeyed. Because when Paul is in Acts chapter 9, when the Lord knocks him down and, and reveals to him who he is, uh, Paul is baptized. Paul recounts his conversion in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And listen to what he says. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. Did I not give you that? In Jesus' name. There we go. Now, just leave this. A man, a man came to see Ananias, or Paul. His name was Ananias. And this is what Ananias said to Paul. And now, why are you tarrying? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Leave this, just leave this scripture up here because we need to see that. Uh, so all that he said right there is so powerful. Because number one, he said, he's already talked to Paul. Now that the Lord has shown you, filled you his, Paul had scales on his eyes. The scales fell off. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Ananias told him, why are you waiting around? What are you doing? Why are you still sitting here? Get up and go and be baptized and wash away your sins. Because that's the only way your sins get washed away is through baptism. Wash away your now. Once we've been born again, our sins have been washed away, and we make a mistake, you don't have to go back to the water. The, Lord, the Scripture says, if we confess our faults, he's faithful to forgive us. John said, I write unto you that you sin not, but if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So we can go to him and confess our faults and be forgiven. And that we don't have to go to the water. Man, some of y'all would be prunes. We would be prunes. Because we would be, I, I would just have a full-time job dunking myself, and everybody else every day. We would need, I mean, we would just, we'd be like the California raisins. You know? So we don't have to go to the water every time. Praise God. So now, this is what Paul, Paul is only writing in Romans chapter 10 what he has obeyed. Paul got up and he was baptized, calling on the name. What's, what's the name of the Lord? Thank you. So he was baptized in Jesus' name, and his sins were washed away. And so that is what he's preaching. Paul wrote what he had obeyed. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, said, If we or an angel from heaven come and preach any other gospel than what we've already preached, then let us be accursed. So Paul's not going to change what saved him. The world has changed what Paul said. They've taken portions of his letter but listen, the, the, that letter is to the church at Rome. It's not to sinners. It's not written to the man. You know, there's certain things that were written to the church in letters that apply to the church. It's just like if you're not a member of some organization, but you get a, by mistake get a letter in the mail that says, hey, you've been awarded all these benefits but it's, it was supposed to be for somebody else. But you're like, ooh, I got the letter, so I'm going to show up. And then they kick you out. You ain't a member here. I got the letter. Yeah, but you ain't a And see, that's what I'm saying. You can't, don't take somebody who don't even know Jesus to one verse of Scripture and say, now you're saved. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't do that. The gospel 
the Gospels will introduce them to Jesus and what he did. Yeah, the book of Acts will tell people how to apply the Gospels and how to be saved. And then the letters starting at Romans to the end will tell us how to stay saved all the way through. So uh, quit taking folks that don't even know Jesus, giving them one verse of Scripture out of a letter written to the Romans and say, here, now you're saved. Because somebody did that to me a long time ago. They said, just sitting in my car, I was riding, gave them a ride to work, and they were talking to me, and they said, here, just shut your eyes, I'll pray. When he got done praying, he said, now you're saved. I didn't feel no different. Who? Got out and went and did my 12 hours. I mean, that, but see, it didn't change anything. But let me tell you, when I got in a church that was preaching repentance and baptism and being filled with the Holy Ghost, I felt it. And it brought me to the altar that night. And when I come out of that water, oh, I felt it. I knew that something whew, gone. That sins, my past was what the weight was gone. I was clean. I'd been washed clean. And when God filled me with the Spirit, let me tell you, I knew that something had happened. You'll know something happened. I'm, I know I'm getting a little bit long, church. Can I go just a few more minutes? So Paul wrote uh, what he had obeyed. That's what it means uh, to be to call on the name of the Lord. And so in Acts chapter 2, in verse 21, where uh, he quote, where Peter quotes Joel, come to pass, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Boy, he's, he's just preaching what Israel already knows. They've heard all these scriptures before. And just like Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, man, from a child, you've known the scriptures, the Old Testament that was able to make you wise unto salvation. The Old Testament could show them the gospel if they would just look at it. So anyway, in verse 20, then he jumps down to verse 36. Let me get here. So in verse 36, Peter is coming in for a landing. He says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus who you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, pricked in their hearts, something changed in them. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And this is what Peter said for them to do. Repent, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you to your children to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Isn't that fantastic? He says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, Save yourself. You're going to get away from uh, baptism and salvation being together. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word or believed what he said were baptized. He didn't just say they gladly received the word and went their way. When they received his word, they gladly received that word. They were baptized. Same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now here's the, then we read, but jump down to verse 47. And it closes this chapter out saying, that the people were praising God, having favor with all people, and the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. How was he adding them to the church? Because they were continuing in the apostles' doctrine, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's how, And he said the Lord was adding to the church daily such as should be saved. That's how they were being added to the church, through repentance, baptism, and being filled with the Holy Ghost because without the Spirit. The Bible says we're all baptized into one body, which is the church, by one Spirit. So he said, and that's salvation. That's being born again. 
That's how you get into the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm really hustling now. Romans 6, 1 through 5. Paul says this, reminding the church. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, right to the church, live any longer therein? And then he reminds them of what they have already obeyed. He's not telling them to obey this now. He's reminding them of what they have already obeyed. Don't you know that so many of us as were baptized, as past tense, into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, death, burial. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When Jesus came out of the tomb, that was new life because he was dead. Jesus Christ died for our sins and he was put in a tomb and he stayed there for three whole days and when he got up, it was new life. And that's what happens to us. We are buried with him in baptism and raised up and we can be filled with that spirit and have a new life because we walk in the spirit. That's what the scripture says. We live in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're walking in a new life. We have been born again. That which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. And we've been born of the spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 through 11. In verse 9, Paul said, Don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived, fornicators, adulterers, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. None of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. They can't inherit it. They can't get into it because they haven't been born again. He says, and such were some of you. He's writing to the church. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified, washed. Well, you wash stuff in. You wash your stuff in water, but you're washed, but you're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. The word washed right there is the word Apollo, Apollo, yeah, ap- applesauce. <laughs> it's one of them Greek words. I'm not good with that. The word, however, does mean this to wash fully or have remitted. So he's saying, but you have been washed fully, you have had your sins remitted. That's what he's saying. That is the same exact word that baptized is in Acts 22 16. When uh, Ananias told Paul, when he said, arise and be baptized, it's the same exact word as this word, washed. It means to wash fully or have remitted. So he's saying, listen, he's writing this to the church. You know why you're not that anymore? You know why you're different? You know why I can say such were some of you and not such are some of you? I'm saying this because you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name. That means you've been washed in the name of the Lord Jesus. You have been uh, washed fully. You've had your sins remitted in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit, born of water, born of Spirit. You can't get away from it. This church, the church had been born again. Almost done. Almost done. First Peter. First Peter. Listen, now this is some of my favorite baptism scriptures right here. First Peter chapter 3. Second Peter, First Peter chapter three and verse twenty. He was right. Peter's writing about Jesus, where Jesus went into the heart of the earth and he preached into the spirits that were in prison. Verse twenty, he says, "Which sometime were disobedient, 
when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was preparing, in that day there were few, only eight souls were saved by water. This is Noah's day now. This is Noah. This is a figure of things to come. This eight souls were saved. Wasn't saved by the ark. It took the ark. It took obedience building the ark. It took all those. It took the grace of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. All the things that went into Noah getting his family on the ark. But if they had just got in an ark and no flood ever comes, nothing changes. So the eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism does also now save us. He that believeth in his baptized shall be saved. If anybody ever tells you, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. You need to show them some scripture. You don't, don't, don't slap them. Don't be ugly to them. Don't tell them they're stupid. Don't say nothing. Don't, be, don't talk down to them. They, they have never seen that. Show them the scripture. That's what this is all about, teaching us how to move farther to see people saved. So he said, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, the same way now, baptism also saves us. In other words, or water, being buried under the water. You know what happened in the days of Noah? The earth was covered completely in water. We're made from the dust of the earth. But in that day, and it washed away all the wickedness, the evil, the things that were going on, it washed it all away. But do you know how they knew that there was new life? Noah sent a dove out. And the dove came back with an olive branch in his beak. And we know that in the scripture that the dove represents the spirit. And so when John the Baptist came, he said, I did not know who or anything about Jesus. He said, this is what I did know, that the Lord told me, the one that you see, the spirit descending like a dove, that's, that's him. And so you see where Jesus in, in baptism is even foreshadowed in the days of Noah because the earth was covered in water completely, washed away all the wickedness. And the only way Noah knew it was okay to, to get ready to start going out, that there was actually ground now receding, uh, up out of the water is that the dove came back with an olive branch. Olive branches where they made the olive oil, the anointing oil for the temple, for the priest. And you can just keep going on and on for all those things. But you get, get the idea. The Holy Ghost is that anointing on us. Man, it makes us who we are. makes us his. Praise God. And so the dove, the spirit is how John would, how he would identify Jesus. That's how he would know. He baptized a lot of people. And I'm sure every time he was watching, see no dove yet. But one day he baptizes him, and, and all of a sudden here comes this dove descending, and he knows this is the one that's going to baptize people with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And I'm going to finish with this. John chapter 3. Go back to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse 18 says this. He that believeth on him, Jesus, is not condemned. It's awesome. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name. But we're baptized in his name. 
We receive the Holy Ghost in His name. We're born again by the Word. John chapter 1 verse 14 says that Jesus is the Word made flesh that dwelt among us. You can't have new birth without the name of Jesus. You can't have new birth without obedience. You can't have it without belief, but you can't have it without obedience either. We must believe the gospel. We must obey the gospel. And that's why in, in Mark 16 it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Because he, he's not condemned because he's already believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. But he that believeth not, Mark 16 said, is, would be damned. You know why? Because he hasn't believed in that name and he has not took on that name in baptism. He has not had his sins remitted, washed away, cleansed. He's not, he can't say, I've been washed, I've been sanctified, I've been justified because he hasn't obeyed yet. That's why this being born again is so vital. And see, we can get so caught up in doing works. I mean, and, and listen, look, look, we can find that those first steps of faith and belief and get excited and start helping people and doing things and feeding the poor and, man, going out and sheltering the homeless and, and just doing all these things. And, man, we're feeling so good. And that's wonderful. We should. You don't have to wait to be filled the Holy Ghost to be baptized to do good things to people. You can be kind and, and good to people, you know, without all that. But you should be making steps. But if you want to be born again, it ain't about how many homeless people you fed. It's not. It's not about how many church services you've been in, how many revivals you've gone to, how many conferences you've been at. It, that's not. If you're going to be born again, you have to be born of water and of the Spirit if you want to enter into the kingdom of God. Let's stand together tonight. And while she's playing, I'm just to open the altar. If you have not been born again, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, I will baptize you tonight. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, then tell somebody beside you, I'd like to pray for the Holy Ghost tonight because I believe the gospel. I believe in the Lord. And there's somebody here who will pray with you and pray you through to the Holy Ghost. I believe that tonight. Let's come find a place to pray tonight. Ask God to touch us and help us in our lives. He'll do it. Hallelujah.
thankful I've got that river of living water. Thankful for the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Hallelujah. Thankful for it. Praise God. I'm so thankful for the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it one more time. This book is so wonderful. There's so many great things in it. But what good is a message that we won't obey? And why would we not tell people we love and tell people that we know, hey, there's, there's something in this book that's real. There is a new birth experience. There's a way to have your life changed forever. You'll still have battles. You'll still fight. But, man, you'll have a power inside of you that'll help you overcome. Man, I'm thankful that God will make a way. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap and shout of praise in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. Let me tell you something. I've, and people around here can testify. If you, you don't, don't just wait for me to have to tell somebody about this. You be telling people about this. And you can call me anytime. And I'll meet you here and baptize people or if you need to get in to baptize somebody or if you tell somebody and they got a swimming pool, put them in the swimming pool and baptize them in the swimming pool. You know, baptize them in their bathtub if you can bury them. Don't leave nothing sticking up though. Make sure you can cover them completely or they're going to have to go again. Can't be leaving that foot out. You need to go get be covered. You need to be buried. You don't bury nobody and leave part of them sticking out of the ground. That ain't how it works. You bury them. Bury them in that water. Listen, that's what the, that's, how do you think 3,000 people got baptized that day? You think Peter baptized all 3,000 people? Man, come on, somebody. There was people, there was people getting it. They was turning around, you, you do me, I'll do you. I mean, that's, it had to be, had to be, because we can do that. And so if you're ready, whenever you're ready to be baptized, you let me know. We'll be, man, I don't keep, call me 3 o'clock in the morning. You can't sleep, Pastor, I can't stand it. I got to get baptized. I will meet you here. It might be cold, but I'll meet you here. And we'll do that because it's that important. It's that important. Praise God. I know some people will be traveling for Mother's Day, going to be spend time with their moms. Hope you can do that. If we don't see you Sunday for Mother's Day, we love you. All of our moms, we love you. Appreciate our mothers in this church. They're so great and wonderful. We're going to be here having church, and hey, we'll baptize you on Mother's Day. So we'll see you Sunday, the Lord willing. God bless you in Jesus' name.